Dabinia. Dabinia tips. Dabinia. Hattrick. 3-0 North Carolina. What's good? Welcome to another episode of Diaspora United. I am Andre Carlisle and I'm here with Courtney, as always. Courtney, how are you doing? Sadly, I'm really itchy. Oh, okay. My body is really <laughs> just unhappy that. with uh, all the allergies going on, indoor, outdoor. I'm getting hit from literally all angles um, and my body is not having it. So I'm just now perpetually itchy, unfortunately. That sounds miserable, actually. So I'm yeah, I bought some, bought some Calm Mind lotion today. Said, there you okay. go. Let's, let's lather it up. Just be walking around looking like a pink monster. Be great. <laughs> Very excited to have to go into the office tomorrow. <laughs> that is amazing. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I'm, uh, I'm feeling better than I have in the past, like few days, handful of days, because I got that second booster, y'all. And yo, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't necessarily understand like science and stuff enough. I know like the side effects hit people differently. I just want to know why my side effects are always so real. Like these shots take me out for like a day, 36 hours or something. So like I feel good now, but whoo, Sunday was not a fun day for your boy. I was like, I'm, I'm like, I'm here and I'm chilling and I'm watching the soccer, but I am struggling. Yeah. That's going to be me when I go get my booster. I'm very not excited to just, I'm already itchy. I'm just, I feel like my armpits are going to swell. Yep. It's just, it's going to be a mess. I'm dealing with that right now. My left armpit swollen, which is delightful news. Y'all welcome. We we feel close <laughs> to y'all that y'all can get all this inside information about how we're doing, but we're going to move on from that. Uh, I'm feeling all right. Uh, and hopefully uh, Courtney stops itching at some point. Um, <laughs> we're going to uh, do what we normally do, return to regularly scheduled programming, read a review. And uh, we do appreciate appreciate it when y'all rate and review the podcast it helps us it helps us grow helps people find the podcast y'all know the drill uh five stars please and if you leave a review as courtney has instructed you drop a dad joke because they're hilarious uh but this i finally welcomed you to the dark side it's really not the dark side i let you see the light really that is true dad jokes are the the way to go they they are fantastic especially when i'm forced to read them because you know i think it's i think it's that where like if I come off the cuff with a dad joke, I'm like I feel stupid. But when somebody forces me to read one, I'm like, okay, now I like <laughs> now I have like reinforcements. Somebody's making me do this, and I can just like I can enjoy the cringiness of it without being the center of the cringe. <laughs> I mean, look, it's a really good time. You're gonna enjoy it. Um, and look, dad jokes are great, especially when they're in our podcast reviews. Facts, facts. Uh, this review is by Molly May. Uh, it is titled The Most Entertaining Woso Pod. Wow, thanks. Uh, it reads as follows Diaspora United deserves all the stars and then some. I typically listed on Spotify, but felt the need to write a review to share my enthusiasm and love. We love that. This pod is downright delightful. Courtney and Andre provide exceptional insight into the world of Woso, explanations that encapsulate players' abilities and tactical formations, and cover a multitude of leagues and championships. They have helped me better understand the game, teams, and players, and deeper issues that tie within Woso. This pod makes the commute to the office that much better, and I look forward to it every week, especially when they roast Carly Lloyd. It has me cackling. Thank you for this weekly treat. That is such a nice review, and also hilarious. 
I I really put in the I really put it enough for all the compliments because of the last two lines. So oh, that hasn't happened on this podcast in a while. <laughs> Thank God. Just thank goodness, truly. Stay, stay retired. Enjoy your life. Um, so what, what we're going to get into, um, we're going to look at the uh, NWSL playoff chaos. Y'all know it is heading into the final weekend of the regular season. There's a lot to discuss, a lot to talk about in terms of where the table might shake up, some of the matches. And we're also going to talk about why in the hell the NWSL just can't get their shit together and do like a, a decision day or something. It would be so great uh, to have something like that, but we'll get into it. I'm going to talk about San Diego, uh, the Waves, the Waves uh, response to the situation that happened in the stands. Uh, and it's the return of our sick and shut in and our shout outs. So we're going to do all of that right now. All right. This is something that we don't like talking about, but we have to. Um, bringing back our sick and shut in list. Um, I feel like there was like a, a month and a half period where I just made all of our segment names something that I would find in some uh, in like the rundown of what happens during a church, uh, like church service. So church we had the, the sick and shut in list. Um, sadly, Deanne Rose tore her Achilles. Um, Going to be a big miss for Reading. Also a huge miss for Canada. Thinking about how long it takes a player to recover from an Achilles injury. Mm. It's re- like... Nine months if you're a superhuman, truly, but it's really about a year, which means Deanne Rose is very likely going to miss the 2023 World Cup, which pains me because I was really ready to see her eat some people up. Yeah, I'm so um, sad about that. Yeah, and it's huge. It's also a huge miss for Team Canada because she's really been a crucial part of their game plans, um, you know, especially when they're trying to eke out a win or just be dominant when Bev Priestman decides not to play two sixes against a team where they don't need to. Um, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> uh, I was like, Canada does anyway, I'm just going to move on. Um, also on the second shot on list, Sophia Smith is currently in concussion protocol. Um, if you watch the very, it happened at the very, very end of the game. I actually yeah. missed it basically. Cause I was like, it's 85 minutes. I'm going to turn to, um, but I think at the time it was the angel city, Mm. racing Louisville game and I was like it's 83 it's I was like it's 85 minutes they're up 2-0 didn't Chicago was already down a player um which we're also gonna get into later but two yeah <laughs> well now they're down two players um but at the time when I turned out the, the game I was like they're down a player not much is gonna happen um and then they Portland scored yet another goal and Sophia Smith um hit her head on the ground in a very sad fashion when she was going up for a ball against a listener. So now she's currently in concussion protocol. Um, one of the journalists out of Portland said that she has to take a bunch of tests. Um, they don't think she currently has a concussion, but obviously, you know, brain injuries are very, very serious. So we'll be keeping an eye on that. Um, also on the sick and shut-in list, Mal Pugh, also in that Portland game. She kind of kicked kicked the ball really hard and like kind of landed funny. Real hard. Couldn't tell if it was a knee or an ankle. She kind of wasn't moving great for the next like 10-ish minutes. Then she kept playing, um, so hopefully she doesn't have an injury. And it was just kind of you know, you you fall kind of funny, and then you're able to keep trotting along. Uh, Ebony Salmon is in COVID protocol. Pain, absolute pain. Really hope she gets well. A hope she's feeling better. Hope she has no symptoms of COVID, um, and then can come back for Houston's final game of the season because Houston, and we're definitely going to get into this later, has not yet clinched a playoff spot. 
And finally, sending ancestral healing to Chris and Press and Katerina Macario. I don't know why this. It was funny when in pre-pro we said the sick and shut in list is really the theme of this year of women's soccer so far, which is an absolute pain. Um, but yeah, ancestral healing to Chris and Press, Katerina Macario, also Sid Larue, and also Marie Antoinette Cototo. I miss her dearly. I think about her so almost much. every day. Yes. Please, well, obviously, get well. Take as much time as you need. But also, I cannot wait to see you come back and just tear that shit up. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, that is sad. I, I don't. We had to bring it back because we don't. We don't want players who are injured to just fall out of the of the consciousness because you know it is. It's a rough thing. You know, we talked with Ali Watt um, on the on a previous episode about everything that she went through, and it can be lonely. So we don't want to forget players who are going through something, whether it be short term or long term. <clears throat> But now we get to turn it around a little bit and do some shout outs, bringing this back too, because there's a lot that's been happening uh, that we need to talk about. Let's start off with a shout out with friend of the pod, the first, the very first friend of the pod, Kaya McCullough, first semester at Harvard. Shout out to that. Harvard Law School. Harvard Law. You have to say it like it's Harvard. Hop, Pak Makai, Harvard Yard. <laughs> Honestly, that sounded more scouse than Boston. It sure did. I was like, wow, that is not what I was expecting or asking for, but okay. Thank you. I've been thinking about Scott Parkinson a lot today, unfortunately, so I think I've just been in a scouse accent secretly in the back of my brain. Mm, okay. I'll allow it. <laughs> and moving on. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Marta Cox, the Panamanian international, who's an absolute baller, had a super golasa this weekend. Uh, and I tweeted it out because I was just like... First of all, I really want to start a conversation about Marta Cox. First of all, playing for Lyon, which is just fire. Like, more black players coming in the league at Mackey's Feminile. Uh, definitely going to start tr- catching more games when I get the chance, because right now, per usual, very busy. But, like, I saw, I literally saw someone tweet, Marta Cox Golasso, and I said, please, someone, please send it to me immediately. I want to start a conversation about Marta Cox, who is an absolute baller. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Also... We want to give a shout out to Sophia Smith. After the game, she was announced and presented a trophy as the Riveters supporter of the Riveters supporter player of the year. There we go. That's what it. That's what it was. Uh, so shout out to that. Really couldn't be anybody else. But uh, love that Sophia Smith getting the recognition, getting the honor, getting the praise because she's been an absolute baller this season. Yes. Also want to give a shout out Oshawala being back, scoring goals, absolute banger. Yes. The disrespect, the disrespect of that goal she scored for Barcelona. Like, had absolutely no reason. Absolutely no reason. I feel the exact same about another player that we're about to talk about who does just disrespectful things for absolutely no reason. Um, but yeah, Oshawala's back, scoring bangers. Also, really excited to see her back with the Nigeria national team, mm-hmm. linking up with friend of the pod, Ifyan Manu. Mm-hmm. And I'm just really excited to watch them during the international break. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Uh and the one you say we're going to talk about just now, uh, Lauren James. Just need to give a shout out to Lauren James. I just, we knew what she was capable of, you know, given the what we saw of her in Manchester United with Chelsea. You know, it does look like Chelsea took the time, you know, gave her the time to get fully fit, to get stronger, to to just develop more, you know, away from like minute game minutes. And now she's getting game minutes. And yo, <laughs> she's so ridiculous. <laughs> 
She gives me so much joy. Me too. I love it. You cannot get the, you can't, you cannot. It is against the law of science, physics, and everything natural. You cannot take the ball from Lauren James when she's on it. And she knows it. That The funny thing is she knows it. So she's just chilling. Two defenders just around her, surrounding her. And she's like, nah, I'm going to just roll the ball here. I'm going to roll the ball here. I'm going to take a step here. I'm going to take a step back. I'm going to roll the ball here. And then when there's a little crease, I'm just going to go. And it's just like she she just toys with people. It's so fun to watch. She's ridiculous. Andre, do you remember that conversation that we had? Was, I, this might have been almost a full year ago, but um, it was a conversation of like who's the most disrespectful like player in the NWSL. Yes. And we, I think we came to the conclusion that it was a tie between Roosevelt and Trinity Robin because they just do things for absolutely no reason. Yes. This is now how I feel about Lauren James. Correct. There was one moment <laughs> where it was her, and I think it might have been maybe Aaron Cuthbert, or it was like another Chelsea player. And then there are two Manchester City players obviously trying to press them. They like The ball bobbles around between these four players, and then out of nowhere, Lauren James gets control of the ball and does a Maradona. And I'm like, there's no reason. There's absolutely no reason. And I'm obsessed. I'm just so obsessed. I'm fully obsessed. I stand. Like, she has absolutely no reason to be doing that. And like, and as you said, the the ball is stuck to her foot. Yeah. Like, you're not getting away from her. There'll be five players around it, and she'll somehow do a step over and get around all of you. Yeah, like, it doesn't make any sense. I like I don't understand it. I've just like 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 you. I've just started like laughing. It's just been amusing to watch because I don't understand how she does it, especially how she does it so casually. So yeah, shout out to Lauren James. Absolutely on fire to start the season. And I cannot wait when she starts like because we know she can bang in goals after some of these dribbles. When she starts doing that on a consistent basis, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. It is going to be a wrap. And I'm just... I know we're going to get into this at the very end of the episode, but also she's been called up to the Lionesses for this Ooh. upcoming international break. Ooh. Also, giving shout-outs to Demi Stokes, Jess Carter, and Ebony Salmon. Real excited about that. Shout-outs to them for getting called oh, up yes. to England. Um, and yeah, Lauren James is... <laughs> she is so fun to watch. Like, I am literally going to do so much to try to go see her in person because she's one of those players where you're just like, you got to see it in person. Oh, yeah. I can't even imagine how that looks in person. Just like when you see a, a ridiculous talent like that live, like it looks crazy on the screen. Just looking at it in, in person has to be just so unreal. Like how can a person be that talented with the ball at their feet? It's, it's, some, it's some very, very fun and rare stuff. Also, speaking of that game between Chelsea and Manchester City, we saw Bunny Shaw just body all of Chelsea. Just not a care in the world. And the same way that Lauren James is like your like uh, defenders are Andre, actually, as you said, uh, for Lauren James, defenders are just plastic bags on a highway for Bunny Shaw. Just opposition <laughs> players Excellent. are just like pieces of grass that she's going to stomp over. Like the way she bodied players that I didn't think could get bodied like she bodied. She bodied Khadija Buchanan. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't she bodied Millie that. Bright. <laughs> yeah. I said. Yeah. I've never seen Millie Bright bodied. I've seen Millie Bright embarrassed. Yes. But I've never seen someone body her. Yeah. And Bunny said, oh, yeah, joke's on you. I'm just I'm just <laughs> going to come here, just going to body you left and right. Um, of course, I tweeted anytime she went up against Kadisha Buchanan or Jesse Fleming. I said, ooh, CONCACAF. <laughs> and I said, ooh, W championship. And I thought about how when Canada played Jamaica, she was she did not play. But, yeah, bodying Chelsea players left and right. Also, Having a great season so far. 
already. Like, I was very surprised she did not score a goal against Chelsea. I think it's because um, Gareth Taylor just somehow decided to be foolish per usual. Um, but yeah, bodying Chelsea left and right. And like, she is gonna, <laughs> she is gonna tear some people up in this league. Yeah, she was downright terrifying when they had her when she was dropping deep and getting in midfield. Aaron Cuthbert and Jesse Fleming were just like holding on for dear life. Like they were getting bounced <laughs> off. They couldn't get anywhere near the ball. I was like, usually they look like children going up against Bunny Shaw. There's <laughs> nothing they could do. Uh, it was alarming, but also I was like, yeah, Garrett Taylor, that's why Bunny Shaw is good. Plus, she scores 20 plus goals a season. Sounds like a useful player. Um <laughs> Uh, moving on, we are going to give another shout out to, uh, we're going to give our next shout out to Betsheba Louis, a Haitian player. We told y'all that Haitians be balling. Uh, scored against PSG. They pulled PSG had to pull out some heroics to get the win in this one, but that goal was amazing. Basically, t- did the, basically took on the half of the back line by herself and just slotted the ball home. It was a banger. I really deeply appreciate players saying, oh, you you want to get the ball? from me jokes on you i'm going to embarrass you i feel like that's been a new research or a recent resurgence that i've been paying attention to um and it's just really really nice but also in that game andre as you mentioned that psg had to pull out some heroics uh diana got the game winner in stoppage time like literally a minute before that game ended um so shout out to diani per usual she's just an absolute baller I don't, I don't know why I just thought about how we didn't bring up – we're not going to talk about the FIFA 23 rankings. I don't think we need to um, because uh, oh, that whoever created them is uh, deeply unserious. Just <laughs> deeply unserious. But, yeah, Diani, absolute baller. And you know who else is balling out for PSG and hurting our soul? Yep, that's right. Don't Grace Gallardo. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Should be a Chelsea player, but not. Wanted to be a Chelsea player, but nope. Uh, but apparently she said, January. okay, that's fine. I'm hoping – I'm hoping January grades. Please. Please, because <laughs> she's so good. Started off, I think she has three goals already uh, this season. Uh, yeah, scored in that game to give them the equalizer, and then Diani got that uh, game winner in stoppage time, necessary goals as well. So yeah, shout out to Grace Gadoro. Yeah, absolute, absolute baller. Um, also baller who happened to score against the team that I covered, Davinia. She's going off. <laughs> Davinia's scored like fifteen goals in the last twenty-five minutes. Obviously, that's a joke, Um, but she's had, I mean, it really does. She had a hat trick against Gotham, I believe a brace against Orlando. She's (laughs) has basically gotten all the way up into the golden boot standing. She's tied for second right now with Sophia Smith. And it's like, how, how is she doing it? Superhuman is the truth. Um, Yeah, I felt we're going to, I'll touch on this later, but I did feel bad for the Gotham rookie, Jenna Bike, who had to defend her. I said... Don't don't do that. To, don't do that to her. That Jenna bike doesn't sign. deserve that. Don't, don't do that to her. I was like, even veteran players cannot stop to be here. Um, so yeah, she's absolutely been going off. And got to give a shout out to another friend of the pod down in Mexico, Liga Mekis Femenil, currently leading the Golden Boot race. Me official, fourteen goals, I believe, in fourteen matches. Sounds good to me. Seven braces. <laughs> she's ridiculous. only scored braces. <laughs> when she gets one, she gets a second. That's how she said it. it's. It's happening. I don't. <laughs> no do singular singles, goals do for doubles. me. <laughs> <laughs> I feel it like that is just bonkers. Yeah. Uh, sounds like a useful player. Sounds like a useful one. Will Vlaco call her up? Probably not. Anyway, we'll I don't want to talk about it. 
Yeah, I, exactly. Do you have faith? Nope, not at all. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, has anyone taught you to nope, have faith? I got no faith at all. Nope. Things, the things the will only happen time the way they should. Is if, is if, if there are injuries, but even that shouldn't be true. But that's the, to me, that that's the only route, and that's just wrong as wrong can be. It is just wrong. But yeah, seven braces. <laughs> I can't believe she has seven. Like, just like single goals. No. Um, also, want to give a shout out to now the new record holder of the fastest goal in league at Mekis Feminile history, Jermaine Sipoenswe uh, of the South African Women's National Team, fresh off a win, well, technically their first title in um, the Africa Women's Cup of Nations. She not only scored a brace, but she did in fact score the fastest goal in league at Mekis Feminile history in eight seconds. Yes, I did not stutter. <laughs> eight <right>. seconds. <laughs> like, uh, AJ tweeted... <laughs> if you look if you blink you're gonna miss it eight seconds that is yeah. so disrespectful <laughs> just like eh, gonna just, good, like oh i didn't want i didn't like the kickoff we just had let me go score so we can try again <laughs> absolutely incredible um and yeah fastest goal in like emeki's feminine history and then it was like i'm just gonna add another one to it yeah eight seconds is ridiculous that's ridiculous like like just think about how long it might take like your average person just to run into the box after kickoff <laughs> like just getting there beating a defense and scoring a goal in eight seconds is ridiculous that is amazing do you want to know the craziest bit though what is that that's not even the fastest goal in soccer history oh yeah no that's <laughs> like yeah I'm like how do you how do you score goals faster than that <laughs> yeah literally how do you score goals faster than that it's absolutely insane um just it's bonkers disrespect it's so disrespectful <laughs> what a time to be alive but seriously um also want to give a shout out to Tanea alexander her transfer to montpellier was sad to see her leave washington spirit but i also get it once playing time needs to develop is of that age where you need to get game time you can't really just be in training uh going through the motion so i absolutely respect it and honestly, I really love Tanea Alexander's story, but I also really like the fact of how she handles her career. When she feels like she needs to make a move, she makes a move. She went from Reading to Arsenal's Academy, from Arsenal's Academy to LSU, and now from LSU uh, to the Spirit, and then from the Spirit to Montpellier. So, hey, do what you got to do. Get your game time. Uh, you you control your career. You do that. So I love this move. I thought it was great. And she got her debut against Lyon. So already getting playing time, and I love to see that. Do you think it was a good move by the spirit? Nope. <laughs> sure don't. <laughs> okay, I was curious about that. I was like, because she wasn't getting a lot of playing time, but it's also like, wow. Yep, exactly. Yeah, there wasn't. It's not like there was a whole lot of, you know, depth there. You know, there obviously, Tanita Raman never comes out of a game. She really, like, basically they rely on her to do a lot, but you probably shouldn't. She's also a very young player, so... Um, yeah, I've got, I've got, I've got concerns about what's going on there in terms of the the depth and how they do things. So, um, yeah, I was, I was sad to see that happen from a spirit perspective, but for Tanea's continued career and growth and development, I thought she made a very good move, a very smart move and a bold move, to be honest. Yeah, 100%. Actually, I think we should do an episode, uh, recapping this past season of black players that have left the NWSL. Mm, yes, yes. Cause it, there's a trend. There's a trend. Uh, anyway, moving on. Talking about friend of the pod, Jasmine Spencer, partnered with Color the Water to offer free surfing lessons for 
people of color in Los Angeles. That's I awesome. Love that. I have Andre, have you surfed before? I have not. I have surfed before. And it is I for those who don't know, I like love the ocean. It's like prop the ocean is probably my second favorite thing in the world besides like the sun. Like I love the being at the beach. Um and surfing lessons are super expensive because you have to get the board. Like it's just, you know, a lot of upfront costs. And it's also, you know, a sport that because of whiteness, see, looks like it's very white, even though we know it's not. Mm-hmm. Shout out to the indigenous people of Hawaii. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's really awesome that she partnered with Color of the Water to offer free surfing lessons. Yeah, I really love that. I think I think that's really important to, for, you know, part of it. And, you know, Courtney and I have talked about this, you know, starting this podcast and wanting to let people know, like, this is a space that we can be in, that we're welcome in, that we can create space for. Um, and it's the same thing in a lot of other areas. And I think, like you said, surfing does get that stigma as being a white thing, but it is not, not where it started. <laughs> it doesn't have to be uh, an exclusive thing. So I love that Jess and Spencer's doing something about that. Um, also, want to give a shout out to the good doctor, Dr. Michelle Alozi. Love it. Might not be a doctor yet. I don't care. She's a doctor on this podcast. I was like, she's a doctor on this podcast. <laughs> she's a doctor on this podcast. Somebody let her know. Uh, Dr. Michelle Alozi, we saw that she is uh, wild balling, also doing cancer, is, is a cancer research technician for Texas Children's Hospital. That I'm, I'm is sorry, what? really dope. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, Oh, yes, I just so happen to be a professional women's soccer player. And oh, yes, I just happen to be doing cancer research for Texas Children's Hospital. Excuse me? Excuse me is correct. Just excuse me, but also, good Lord, you're incredible. So, yeah, that's all the shout outs to that. That is so dope. That is so, so dope. Uh, And wrapping up the shout outs, of course, we got to give it to a friend of the pod, even though they haven't officially been on the pod. But they're a friend of the pod. Nubia made the Sports Business Journal's Rising Leaders Fund. I love that. That's dope. That's That's extremely dope. dope. And you know what? For Nubia, I'm going to say this one time, this one time, the tallest pod is proud of you. (laughs) It's the only time. That's it. That's it. Only time. When you win stuff, that's the only time I'm going to allow it. That's it. Savor it. (laughs) But yeah. Congratulations. It's so dope. And it's also so important, you know, thinking about the future of mm-hmm. the sport and getting into different leadership roles within the sport and making it a lot less tragic for black and brown fans. Facts. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break and then we're diving into all things NWSL playoff chaos because it's chaos. All right. And we are back. A lot happened in this past week in the NWSL. Going to quickly run down some scores for you. North Carolina, as we've already mentioned, Dabinia. It was really Dabinia 3, Gotham 0. <laughs> North Carolina beat, beat Gotham 3-0 to nil, uh, this past week. Also, we're going to be announcing the winner of the free tickets to Gotham's last game at Red Bull this weekend against the Portland Thorns. So keep your eyes peeled on Twitter. We're going to be announcing that. Later today, when this podcast drops, officially 6 p.m. Uh, on Wednesday. So moving on to the rest of the scores, we had the Houston Dash lose to O.L. Reign 2-0. The Portland Thorns scored three against Chicago. Chicago scored nil and got two players sent off, <laughs> one of which <laughs> I heavily disagree with. Um, but we're probably going to get into that because that's one of the questions I have for Andre when we're looking at this live table. 
Uh, Kansas City, three. Washington Spirit, zero. Really is Kansas City, five. Washington Spirit, <laughs> zero. They went bonkers. Sure did. Um, Angel City lost a racing Louisville, three to one. Something we were definitely all expecting. So all expecting that 100%. Um, and then the, the final game of the weekend, we saw the Orlando Pride tie the San Diego Wave 2-2. Two to two. Orlando went up 2-0. I know, wild. And then San Diego, as we've seen them do a few times, clawed their way back and got a draw. Um, so looking at the NWSL table going into the last weekend of the year, which... I mean, why is this league never not play? Like, can we have one relaxed moment? <laughs> like, no. Um, but looking at the top of the table, uh, you have Portland in first with 38 points. Oil Reign right behind them with 37 points. Kansas City with 36. San Diego with 35. Literally, the top of the table is still very, very tight. Yeah. The fact that there's a three-point difference between first and fourth is crazy. Also, those four teams are the teams that have clinched playoff spots so far. Houston is in fifth with 33, and North Carolina, for the first time this season, mm-hmm. is in a playoff spot, rounding out that sixth spot with 31 points. But then Chicago and Angel City are right behind them. Chicago has 30 points, Angel City has 29 points, and then I'm not going to say the, uh, the points for the bottom four of the table, but it's Orlando Racing, Washington, and Gotham. Yeah. Andre, yes. Lots to talk about. <laughs> yes. Yes. Where do you want to start? Um, I want to quickly start with the potential injuries heading into the mm. final week. We saw Sam Coffey go down, get mm. some treatment, come out. We saw Taylor Korniak go down, yeah, get some rough. treatment, come out. Looked real rough. Like when the final whistle happened, all of the San Diego bench was like celebrating. And then you look at Casey Sony, and Casey Sony's just looking at Taylor Korniak like, oh no. Um, so. That's not great. Also, Sophia Smith, as we previously mentioned, is currently in concussion protocols. Never want to see that for a player. Also, concussions are very, very serious brain injuries, and you don't want it to be a thing where, you know, not saying anyone from Portland would do this, but, like, trying to rush a player back or a player being like, I'm fine. Um, Because I've had concussion. Actually, I've had two concussions, and you think your brain knows how to work, and then you get concussed, and you're like, how am I living and breathing? Um, So, yeah, those are potential injuries heading into the final weeks. but looking at the table and these results, any surprises? Oh, and the results and, and the and the table. Yeah, absolutely. And, and also, I, actually, we don't know the status of this as well. I also want to add there's a there's a, there's you may want to watch Alex Morgan, too, because she was an unused sub in that Orlando game as well. So don't know what's what's going on with that either. So if if, if the wave are missing Corniak and Morgan, that's a problem for them. Um, I think Casey Stoney in her post game said that they didn't want to, like, she's mostly fine, but they didn't want to risk it. Mm. Also, yeah. unfortunately, knowing the history of of the Orlando Pride, sometimes injuring well, players. Yeah, they, they, they do the cage match, <laughs> the octagon. Um, yeah, no, it that's, that's thank you. That's good to, to put in there because I don't, we don't really know what's going on. We assume that was precautionary, but also that was a game they needed to win. And you would assume that like when you go down 2-0, that might be a player you put on, but you didn't. So don't know. We'll see, I suppose. Um, yeah, so it's it's kind of wild, right? Like there there have been a lot of surprises in terms of actual results from last weekend, but then also surprises on the table overall. So where should should we just start with the matches and the and, and what surprises us on the results? Yeah, let's do that. 
Um, I personally, well, I think Wraith, that Racing Louisville when we're all like, huh? <laughs> I was going to say, that's the one I'm staring at. Like, for real, for real, that's the one I'm staring at because it started well, especially when the goal that Angel City scored was one of those that, like, just doesn't happen ever. It was like the old, the old kick the, <laughs> kick the ball off a teammate's tummy, have it hit the inside of the post and backspin across the goal line while the goalkeeper's running the other direction. It was just a wild-looking goal, and I was like, okay, maybe this is just Angel City's day. It's their last home game of the season. Maybe this is just, like, what has to happen and th- th- this is just like their day. And when you play in that environment, and uh, Louisville was like, nah, three unanswered. Bye, bye, bye. Jokes on you. Right? And also two of them within, I believe, five minutes. <laughs> they had the equalizer and then they got the penalty. Yeah, yeah. thing is, it's, it, I believe it has it as a 37th minute uh, for the equalizer and the penalty was 43rd minute in terms of it when it actually like hit the back of the net. So yeah, that was real quick. Like, and we all saw that. And we were like, huh? <laughs> and then Amina Ekage, who only scores bangers. I've been oh. high on actually the Amina Ekage train since she got uh, drafted out of, the, out of the NWSL draft and thought, um, what's his face? Whose name I actually cannot remember out the top. Chrissy Holly um, was really silly and not playing her more because mm-hmm. she's really good, has a lot of energy. Like, and also has continued. Yes. Um, has re- like has great cutting skills, and mm-hmm. then she just only scores bangers. Yeah, you strike the hell out of a ball. Just nasty. No regular goals. No. Nah. <laughs> um, I you know uh, this okay. So and you have to follow me with this one because I think you feel the same though. It's not necessarily a surprise in terms of who won, but Portland over Chicago three nothing did surprise me just because I think I thought Chicago was and is I will say one game doesn't completely like change the outlook of their entire season or how they've been performing the entire season but I thought they were more composed than that and to see them how they played the goals they gave up um and and then not be able to respond I thought we were going to see a really tight match I really actually thought Chicago was going to get a draw I didn't know if it would stay nil nil or if it'd be one one or something like that I thought Chicago was going to get a draw and make things very interesting. That was the game that I was looking at on Portland's uh, remaining schedule where I was like, yeah, that's going to be the one that maybe blows the title race wide open because the Red Stars are difficult to play against. And even away, even away, they're very difficult to play against. And a 3-0 and going down two players, and now you won't have those two players in your final game of the season. I'm like, that's just a straight-up implosion from Chicago. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I was also really surprised. I thought it was going to be a draw. Um, so I could also keep my predictions from last episode correct. Um, <laughs> because I care about being right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I was really, really surprised at the way they played. I mean, I really actually I thought until it was a pretty even game. Yeah. Um, until it went like until Portland got that first goal. Mm-hmm. And then obviously Bianca St. George's <laughs> gives a double bird. <laughs> to the fourth official and gets immediately sent off, which is something I want to talk about because I saw a tweet comparing Bianca St. George to Amber Brooks. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, they did both give the double birds mm-hmm. <laughs> to a referee. One got caught, one didn't. Yeah. But it's also like, the reason why I think a lot of people are talking about Bianca St. George as opposed to Amber Brooks was like, one, it was a corner that 
Alex Morgan then scored off the back of her head. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, so it was like, okay, this is an important game moment that did not go your way. And as soon as that went out for a corner, I was like, Angel City scoring. Um, it was just like something that you kind of feel in your bones. San Diego scoring? Yes, it is what I meant. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. San Diego was about to score. I did, in fact, feel that in my bones. But it's also like, okay, Same. there had to be like eight different scenarios for the Washington to eventually make the playoffs. Yeah. Versus this is basically a playoff game. Yeah. And it was for a throw in that also wasn't like it was near the halfway line. Like it was something really not consequential. And that's what yeah. gets me. Yeah. I'm like, I understand frustrations. Look, mm. I have a short temper. I can very quickly lose my head. But it's also like <laughs> the stakes of this game matter so much more of not only is it basically a playoff game, but also for a throw in that is basically inconsequential. Um, so that was really rough. I did feel really bad for Zoe Morse, who's the other yeah. Chicago player that got sent off. Because her first, to me, her first yellow card, and Andre, I'm, I'm sure you'll agree with me. I don't think her first yellow card should have been a yellow card. Yep. Agreed. Because obviously she fouls Smith, but if you look at that replay, she is zoned into the game and like kicks the ball like she's clearing it. Yeah. Yep. And so to me, that felt deeply unfair. And the ref was just like kind of going on a bit of a power trip in that moment. Um, obviously, there's like a greater conversation to be had about the refereeing in the NWSL and not protecting the players and things like that. But we also know on the flip side that these refs are trying to unionize and like barely have <laughs> safe working conditions and things like that. And while it doesn't take away from either side, it's also like it was a throw in close to the halfway line <laughs> and you now have potentially cost your team their season because Angel City is also going to be really pushing to get a win and like try to have something work out in their favor. Not only that, you know, they needed those, they needed at least, they needed a point. They needed something to be able to make that game matter. And right now I do believe like, right. If, if North, if North Carolina and Houston win, that's it for Chicago and angel city, that last game won't mean anything because they won't have a chance to get into the playoffs. So like if, if Chicago could have gotten a point or more points from that game, then they put themselves in a real good position to be able to play for a playoff uh, appearance against Angel City on the final day of the season. And it's just rough that that came down to that game, that performance. And like you said, uh, I mean, a throw in going the wrong way at, at the halfway line, like, okay, you know, I, and it, you mentioned it, like the refereeing thing, it is an issue. You know, you do have referees who are not like, utilized for MLS for reasons is they're not being like fully, you know, experienced or professional caliber referees. So you have a difference in quality and the level of like seriousness that they're going to take. Like these players are top tier, top of the line, top athletes playing at the top of the game uh, in the NWSL. The stakes are really high at this point in the season and not saying the referees don't know all of that, but it's just a difference in standard where they're at. Um, And that's, um, a problem and that's something the league has to also look at and how do they step in to help fix these problems you know the the referees you know forming a union like and all that like that's good that's a great step they need to do that in order to force uh the professional referees organization to take them seriously to help them train and develop and become better um but i also think like there's got to be input from the league and saying we have to have a standard here you can't just assign whoever the hell you want to assign like we need to have a standard because our players deserve it. And this is the top level of professional women's sports and soccer in this country uh, and really around the world because that the NWSL is a very popular league. And in terms of the depth of talent, there aren't too many of the leagues that come close to it. 
So like you have to treat that with the seriousness that it naturally inherently has because of who's in it and what the games mean when you, especially when you get to this point of the season. So like, it is a convoluted situation, but also I feel you as well. Like I'm right there with you. Like, did you really need to bust out the double birds in that situation? <laughs> like for a throw in like that, that's my thing. Like if it was a goal that did not count. Right. I'm there with you. I'm riding with you. Yeah. Like I get it. Yeah. Frustration. Yes. I was like, babes, it's a throw in. <laughs> it's a throw in. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And also just to quickly to touch on that ref point, like if the NWSL wants to call themselves, and I don't agree with any of the arguments. This is the best league in the world. This isn't the best league in the world. Blah, 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 blah. But that does mean if the ML, sorry, not the MLS, um, who I'm trying to think of who called that. Did someone call the MLS that? The MNWSL. I, yeah. like I heard that at one point. I don't remember who did that. <laughs> it just but it popped was back in my classic. head. <laughs> Jokes. Um, but also, if the NWSL wants to start getting some of those MLS refs, they're going to need to start paying the same that the MLS is playing for those referees. Yeah. And so that's a factor of it, too, as well. Um, so, yeah. And I think for me, one thing that I... So kind of going back to a larger conversation of being surprised, um, I was a bit surprised at the spirit in Kansas city. Mm. And I do say this, even though Gotham did lose Kansas city twice, there were one nils that came at the very, very end of them games, like so close to getting a point. <laughs> and instead Kansas city either like then that first game, they just had a smart tactical change um, and got the goal. And then that second point, it was a penalty that while yes, was soft was 100% a penalty. And it's like, God damn it. Gotham, get it together. Um, so I was a bit surprised that at how like good, well, not even at how good Kansas City looked, because I think I've really only seen one or two performances where, for example, Lola Bonta hasn't been balling out. I will say one of those was most recently at Gotham. And I'm proud of y'all for the 3-5-2. <laughs> it was not a 3-5-2, it was a 3-4-3. Anyway, <laughs> um, but I was just like really surprised about the spirit. Because he was like, you know, had this two-game, two-win bounce. Seemed like things were going a little bit better. Yes, they didn't start Trinity Rodman, which weirdly reminds me of a, a hot take that I made a very long time ago that honestly might be a little bit true. <laughs> and that Trinity Rodman, sometimes her contributions to the spirit are more important on the defensive side than the offensive side, which sounds chaos. But then she does not start, and you're basically down 5-0 in the first half. Yo, so that's not a hot take at all. I tweeted something a, like that. <laughs> it was a hot take when I said it literally <laughs> such a long time ago. And you were like, oh, you're going there. And I said, I am going there. Yeah, because I mean, that, like the and, and I think the and that's kind of what I meant earlier when I was talking about the spirit have a lot of things to do. And I know they're missing, you know, Emily Sine and Kelly O'Hara and like the like the their defense isn't what it was when they made the, the championship run. But I still think that like even with those players there, they still rely on Trinity Robin to do a lot of defensive work. And I don't know if that's fair, um, to be honest, especially the, the amount of minutes they needed to play. So I am like looking at it from that lens as well. But yeah, I think absolutely right. I mean, without her on the pitch, it seemed like they were shook. They didn't really know, like they kind of were backing up, backing up, backing up. Like normally that's the time when Robin like flies into the <laughs> into frame and provides an obstacle, doesn't allow a player to get by her, takes the ball, does something like that. And she was not there and they didn't know what to do. So like, yeah, they, they struggled a lot uh, having to try to contain Kansas City. Um, and, you know, I, 
it was weird too because that was the that was the first time and i was actually hoping like of all as shitty as the the spirit season has been the one tiny sliver of something that they had to hold on to was the fact that they never were out of a game by more than a goal. Like up until that point, all their losses had been by one goal. That was the only time they actually got beat by multiple goals and they got stomped. <laughs> like it was just bad. It was a stomping. Uh, yeah, it was rough. And I was like, ugh. So we can't really even like hang hat on that or say like, oh, well, it was just that Kansas City 2-0. No, it was 3-0 and it could have, should have been more. So like, yeah, I was, it, it was rough. And, you know, afterwards they talked a lot about where they're at in the season and it's difficult, you know, playing teams who are playing very hard for playoff spots and playoff positioning. Also, they've been on the road for a week and a half, I think, as well. So, you know, there are a lot of tired legs. I don't know how intense the trainings are, but, you know, they did have to fly from what? Um, or where, what was their first game? Their, um, their last game um, before they played before they played Kansas City. My brain is like Angel right now. City? Yeah, it was Angel. I wanted to say it was Angel City, but then I was like, did they really play them? Yeah. So they went from California to Kansas City and, you know, they've been on the road a lot. And that was kind of something that they talked about in terms of this stage of the season. Players, you know, obviously not really being close to 100 percent and then also having to cope with the travel and the intensity of the games. But I mean, everybody else is doing a lot of that, too. So like a lot of that was like, yeah, I kind of feel you, but also the performance was bad. So you can just say the performance was bad. It was bad. Yeah, they got stomped on. It was funny because I was double screening. And I feel like I, like, I tweeted this because I said, I was like, how were two Kansas City goals called off? Because I'm not joking. When I would look up, I'd be like watching my other game. And then I would look up, see the ball in the back of the net and Kansas City celebrating. And then they would <laughs> cut back to the game feed and it'd still be 1-0. And I'd be like, what? <laughs> what's yeah. happening here i don't understand yeah um, it was wild too because in the course of the game you know when that happens normally a team like feels like they've been let off the hook like okay all right we saw this we saw like we got off the hook we got we got one you know a free one basically like okay now you settle down you get your defensive uh stability a bit you are aware of what's coming and they were like kansas city was like yeah that's cool we're just gonna do it again oh okay that one ain't gonna count okay we're gonna do it again and we're gonna do it again and it was just like all right well <laughs> if y'all ain't gonna react to it then kansas city just gonna keep hitting you so that's what they did yeah, 100%. Yeah, Kansas City was like, <laughs> we're taking this. I mean, I thought they were like, we're going to secretly grab the shield. And I was like, honestly, lit if that happens. Um, and also just always a shout out to Lola Bonta. Just having yes. what an incredible season. Also, Lola Bonta only scores bangers. She either has ice cold penalties <laughs> or bangers. That's it. It's one or the other. Um, and Andre, one last question for you before we move on. Do you think... Kansas City spends like let's say 25 minutes in their practice time practicing celebrations because oh, I think they do they must <laughs> and I appreciate them for it <laughs> put it that way like I want to see more of this I love it and I want to see more uh it, even you know even though it wasn't Kansas City I do have to give a shout out to Morgan Weaver and Kelly Hughley for doing that uh, inflatable <laughs> yeah, arm <laughs> like that was a great one I, yeah that was a great one just because like the impression was on point too like I don't know how many people can just be that lanky and like really <laughs> imitate that but she was great at it and it was amazing so yeah I love that one but yeah I, give me all the celebrations I'm here for yeah when they actually started doing that first I was like what are they doing and then I was like oh this is jokes <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, moving on to one last thing before we had to head to heat and hyped and oh get wait out of wait here. wait 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 I'm sorry what we did one more thing to talk about well I actually want to do San two Diego? more things huh oh, okay oh I was like, yeah yeah we're gonna, we're gonna San Diego yeah we're gonna get to that but but one one thing before we before we move to that I want to talk to you about why this league hates and doesn't understand how to position its unique fun moments this weekend should all like should be incredible every game should kick off at the same time you should have a little whip around show because so many things could change when you have a 12 team league and six make the playoffs and everybody is so close the table is so close and so tight it's the last day of the season and only four teams of the six have clinched the playoff game how can you not foresee a situation sort of like this happening even if it's not exactly like this like even if you had like three teams who would who would clinch or five teams who would clinch? There's still a lot of shuffling around because you have the top two who get a bye, host a playoff, host a semifinal. You get another two who host a game, but a first round. Like you have a lot of teams playing regardless of whether they clinch or not. Of course, the Shield. You have so much options for like a lot of drama, a lot of teams playing for a lot of things on the final day of the season, and to just be like, eh, we'll kick off one game on Friday handful on saturday and then we'll have a final game on sunday like what are you doing stop fumbling all of the bags yeah when you did your uh famous little like uh tweets of all the games happening and most time it's always chaotic and there's too many overlapping um i thought hmm (laughs) wow you know it'd be great right now a golasso style (laughs) whip around show exactly I cannot speak more on it because I will pull that that Jose Mourinho if I speak. If I if I speak, I'm in trouble. So that's uh, unfortunately that's what I have to say. But yeah, it's um, it's definitely like an absolute fumbling the bag to be like, yeah, we have this really really important game. I mean, the MLS does it, which is like, no, mm-hmm. I don't always think you should take things from the MLS right. because most of the time they're deeply unserious. However, the one right. thing they do get right is decision day. And having like whip round style shows. And I know obviously because MLS has like 47 teams at this point, you exactly. can't have all of them playing on at the same time. <laughs> yeah. But you know, like having those important games. And to me, this kind of goes back to not only scheduling from the beginning, but also mm-hmm. the flexibility of scheduling. Because we've seen right. a few games get moved here and there. Like a, it's the season a month out. Go talk to those teams mm-hmm. right before they start promoting these games and say, hey, we're getting, we're doing a game change. Obviously, we're going to try to get a game on Big CBS or something like that, since mm-hmm. apparently Ally can just do that, um, and do a, some type of whip-around show. Because yeah. it's like, people are going to be, like, this league loves quadruple screening anyway, which also mm-hmm. does not make sense to me for the living life of me. Why have the time? We have to break out four screens? It don't make sense. Well, I love that you brought that up because it's like, they'll do it on like a random Saturday in July, but won't do it for the last day of the season. (laughs) Right. And it's (laughs) and it's like these important games, like go do a whip around show. Yeah. All right. Red Zone. Yeah. I don't, I cannot speak. I I will get in trouble if I speak. I I understand. And I, and I appreciate the, the, the Jose Marino reference because one of my favorite clips of all time. Um, But I have one more, one final, I'm sorry. Antonio Conte saying, please, one normal day of Barclays, but said one normal day of NWSL. (laughs) Right. Um, I have one more thing before we get on to San Diego. And it's just that, do you think Gotham is going to end the season on a high and create absolute chaos for the shield? 
do you think they get at least a draw against Portland? Please. I mean, if they do, the I want it for them. I I really want it for them. I like deeply, really want it for them. Um, I think this sucks. I think if you asked me before North Carolina, I would have said yes, Mm -hmm. given how they played the rain, given how they even played the spirit, Kansas City, North Carolina before then. Um, I think Gotham. If there's not a healthy Sophia Smith, <laughs> yeah. So if, if Sophia Smith is not healthy, I think Gotham could eat for a tie. Fair. fair. If Sophia Smith is healthy, probs not. It also like it's so it's so funny because so much of it is truly. I'm like, well, if um, Mr. Humenzies would like to uh, listen to my tweets about playing <laughs> three at the back, I think the games would be a lot more competitive. <laughs> but they're not playing three at the back. Um, yeah, no Sophia Smith. I think Portland can find a way to eke out, or sorry, Gotham can find a way to eke out a draw because Sophia Smith was so, like, so, so important to them getting those first two goals um, in the game. And I think without her, and I mean, if I'm being honest, without her, Portland kind of looked different. So I'm going to say no Sophia Smith, Gotham get a draw. Probably going to be nil-nil, which <laughs> sucks. But yeah, I'm going to say Gotham get a draw. All right. I I need it because I want to see full on chaos uh for the shield. So that's that's what I'm here for. And uh if if Chicago couldn't do it, maybe Gotham can. Uh we'll see. Um all right. Now we I can mean, move on. It's not like Gotham's to... back line has been particularly like the the back line has started backlining again. That's what I'll say. Like they've started started doing things. Um but yes, let's move on. <laughs> all good um so yeah let's uh let's talk about the san diego situation right quick before heated and hyped um because san diego released a club update is what they called it um the 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 functional pieces of it are that they issued a lifetime ban to the woman who assaulted us uh who this is from uh martin macias jr who initially made the report and uh and and um apparently uh, he says that they, th- he says, and I'm going to read a sweet update. The San Diego wave has issued a lifetime ban to the women who assaulted us and told us to get out of the country. Um, the club statement reads as such. I'm going to read the full thing. So sorry uh, if it's long, but I'm going to try and be quick. On Saturday, September 17th at Snapdragon Stadium, a Wave FC fan reportedly di- directed a racial slur and physical action towards two visiting Angel City FC fans. The club investigated the incident with the support of Snapdragon Stadium. The NWSL and Angel City FC follow-up interviews were conducted with witnesses to the incident. Although witnesses did not corroborate the use of offensive racial language, they supported the report of threatening and physical behavior at the game. The fan was issued a warning by security during halftime. However, the behavior continued and escalated at the end of the match. The behavior of the Wave FC fan by Violated the club code of conduct, which prohibits, quote, behavior that is illegal, disruptive, threatening, or violent in nature, including verbal, physical, or virtual harassment of match officials, players, staff, or other part- patrons, uh, end quote. As a result, the club has issued a lifetime ban of Wave FC matches and community events to the individual involved. And then they have a little statement at the bottom that tells you what to call if you've seen an incident in Snapdragon uh, Stadium. So that is what they released. I have thoughts on this first however your reactions your thoughts i was literally going to say andre you can start out with your thoughts um no no, but it's okay (laughs) um so i like okay this is gonna sound a little bit insane but just bear with me like did san diego do the right thing by banning this fan yes 
Am I also surprised that it, this happened so quickly, given the history of the NWSL and any type of investigation? Also, yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was just like, oh, we, like we actually have an update. Um, so, yes, I think it is good that they took relatively swift action and banned the fan. Because one thing that I said last podcast with the crossover with Shea Butter FC was that if you do not do the right thing now, you will allow this behavior to stay in your stands and percolate and like, like, you know, just continue. And it can start turning not only to other fans, but players, staff, coaches, referees, all that stuff. So is this kind of a nip it in the bud type response? Yes. Do I have questions about this statement? Yes. While I appreciate the honesty, I guess, I don't know why they included the bit about like that witnesses did not corroborate the use of offensive racial language and also that they gave this fan a warning at halftime, which is what I think those two lines are things that a lot of people are hinging on um, with the reactions of this player got a warning or sorry, this fan got a warning at halftime and then was able to stand in the fans. So the sorry, stay in the stands. And it's like, why is there a potential strike rule to racist behavior and language? I, I don't know. Like, it does not necessarily make any sense to me. Um, but also, Andre, if I'm being my most honest self, I don't necessarily think it's like my, not necessarily my right to give judgment, but I was not like, I was not Martin and who he was with. Like, I was not in that moment of being told to go back to my country. And so also for me, one thing that I am also reminding myself with reactions of this of, well, for example, it could be me if I go to a game and decide to sit in the stands, like to me, the most important voices that mattered are the people who had to live through this terrible moment of getting racially abused. And like, you know, anytime they go to a soccer game now, even if it's back at Snapdragon, which I doubt it will be, but you know, that shit stays with you. And so... It's like, I don't know, to me, my voice isn't necessarily super important because at the end of the day, this happened to a person. And so it's like, like I would almost posit the question of now, what is San Diego going to continue doing? And in th- really all NWSL clubs should do to not only make sure this does not continue happening, but also making sure that fans feel safe in their stadiums. Yeah, um, you highlighted the spot that I had a problem with as well. Um, I don't necessarily think, or not necessarily, I don't think at all that that statement needed to be in there. Um, Talking about witnesses did not corroborate the use of offensive racial language because I have questions. Who were the witnesses? Who's being in charge of judging what's racist and what's not? A lot of times it's white people. And we know that the average white American does not do a good enough job of understanding complexity of racism and what racism actually is. Um, And I don't think that you can throw that in there for uh, with, I don't think it deserves to be in there because it is not something that like the, 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 you had enough to be able to say you banned the fan, right? They talked about there was reports of threatening and physical behavior at the game. There are reports that they were issued a warning uh, by security. There are reports the behavior continued and escalated. So for me, if I know that some fan was harassing somebody and it continued, they were given a warning and then it continued, I'm when we're talking white versus anything non-white, it in this country, it is so hard for me to believe that they walked 
that they they walked up to so many lines, but they didn't cross the racial one. They crossed the physical and threatening behavior one, but they didn't cross the racial one. I don't buy that at all. And that's kind of my problem with this is like, don't protect people or hide behind, oh, we don't have racism. We don't have racists. We don't have racists on our fan. She, it wasn't a racist thing. She was just a, a disorderly fan who was like threatening and, and threatening physical uh, behavior uh, and all of that. Like, no, no, no. It was bad language. It was all of that. Like, I I want to know. And, and, and again, I don't necessarily need to know who the witnesses were, but I think we should all understand that. And when it comes to judging what is racism, what isn't, that white people in America have proven that they are not good arbiters of that at all. And so I am interested to know, like I would be interested internally to know if I was working for San Diego Wave, if I was working for Angel City, I would want to know. And I wouldn't want to put pressure on that and say that's something that didn't need to be included because you had enough evidence based on what you did receive to go ahead and issue the fan a lifetime ban. And even though saying something like, you know, using a racial slur didn't happen, but telling somebody to get out of the country, which is what Martine um, again reiterates what happened, that is racist. There are some white people who won't believe that that is racist because, oh, they're, they're clearly not from here. So maybe it was just telling them that doesn't feel racist to them because they don't believe they're quote unquote American either, or they don't have any right to be here or whatever. So they may have thought that perhaps that's not racist then. That's just something that they said that when they got angry and they just picked on something or, or pointed something out and they'd be like, yeah, it's wrong. But I don't know if it's racist because I hear that a lot from some white people trying to excuse the behavior of other white people. I am like, that's the part that gets me the most like frustrated about it. I do agree with you. It is the right move. I think you have to be strict in a situation like this. I think a lifetime ban is absolutely correct and accurate. It needs that needed to happen. I'm glad that it happened quickly. We have seen in the NWSL that there are so many investigations that start and then go on and go on and go on. You don't ever hear anything about them. There's never any updates or when they are, they come months and months later. And by then people either have moved on or the punishments can be less severe because it's not going to be a central thing. Um, so I think they did in the end, get the like actual punishment, the reaction right. But I have concerns about how they got there and why they felt the need to talk to specifically um, say that the use of offensive racial language was not corroborated because I find it very hard to believe that something didn't cross that line because I know this country and I know white people in this country and I know white sports fans in this country and I know San Diego. So I'm just going to leave it at that. Not all of San Diego's races, but I am going to leave it at that because there are it's it's worth as asking the question and having scrutiny of what witnesses were there and what and what they would have said and where they draw the line on what's racist and what isn't. It's arbitrary, and I don't necessarily believe that somebody would have been that vocal, that aggressive, that belligerent, and not crossed that line. Yeah, exactly that. And I was actually looking and like <laughs> telling someone to get out of their country because they will not stand for the flag. Like that is extreme like that is it's like getting real close to textbook racism like right. real yes. close to textbook right. racism yeah um but i i looked at um martin's thread and and he said um what is justice here i want teams to ensure fans players etc don't encounter racism easy to post platitudes about anti-racism but how does your org actually practice it and it's like okay did we see in this moment 
like San Diego in theory practice what they're preaching by banning this fan. Yes. But the thing is, what about all the smaller moments? Like, yes, you might not have other fans shouting overtly racist things at you. But what about like, and, you know, we heard this from our friends at Shea Better FC that there were other things that were happening at this game that made that made um, fans feel unsafe. And so it's like, okay, you did you did do the right thing in this moment. But also, what does that mean going forward? And this is not just a question for San Diego. This is a question for every NWSL team. I mean, the NWSL truly as an entity. Um, but it's like, okay, you post all these things. This one team, I will say, does do the right thing by giving the fan not only a lifetime ban to games, but I also think it's important to include community events in that as well. But it's like, what are you going to be doing? The Really what Martin is saying, wanting teams to ensure that fans, players, et cetera, don't encounter racism. What does that mean going forward? Yeah, absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. So we'll definitely try to like keep, you know, try to dig, keep understanding, you know, obviously the folks at Shea Butter, you know, they have, uh, you know, um, connects out there in Cali and with Angel City. So hopefully we see, and, and we did hear that they, you know, were um, on the last pod, the crossover we did, they we, they did reveal that they spoke to San Diego. So be interested in continuing to talk to them to see what San Diego is doing internally and externally to make sure people know, like, this ain't going to be allowed because the ban is good. Like Courtney said, it should extend. I think that was a great point, by the way, should extend to community events as well um, because you are protecting the community and that's important to do. So like, yeah, I think, I think we'll see where this goes, but I also hope that they, they get to a point where they realize that that statement, they included that little uh, sentence in there was not necessary. Um, and that the nature of racism in this country um, means that you cannot leave the assessment of it up to white people. So, sorry. Yeah, that tidbit and then the the warning by security during halftime, I think, really yeah. struck a lot, struck a lot of nerves and rightfully so. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so it's like good job let's make sure it never happens ever again to put it lightly um andre anything else you gotta say about this no that's it we can move on to heated and hyped move on heated and hyped and yes and i hope that this is the result that martin and who he was with wanted i don't really have a heated well i mean technically i'm heated at my own body for being really itchy (laughs) Um, but it's not, it's not heated, (laughs) but it's fear. Sure. (laughs) Yeah. I'll say fear of, um, Ebony Salmon and Lauren James playing against the U S women's national team where we don't, we still don't know the roster yet. Honestly, probably by the time this pod drops later in the day, we're going to hear about the roster and then we're going to go and talk about it again. Um, but Ebony Salmon and Lauren James versus the U.S. Now, will they start? Probably not. Yeah. Because we know how Serena moves, which I don't agree with. Because it's like, hey, you want to win games? Put in a player who players can't get the ball away from her. Simple. Um, but yeah, Ebony James and Lauren Salmon again. <laughs> Ebony James and Lauren Salmon. This is where my brain is right now, people. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, Ebony Salmon, Lauren James are going to... I don't want to say they're going to put some people on their highlight reel, but they might put some people on the highlight reel. Um, and I am, and I'm quite af- afraid for <laughs> if they make like Lauren James, like in the midfield, like if they put Lauren James in the midfield um, or even in that 10 role. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm waiting for Emma to do. 
I feel like she's going to do it because that second half of City, um, she had a Roman a lot. And, it, and I think she realized, like, yo, I can put her in midfield and we got a lot of problems. I want to see it. It's, it, might be, it might be dark days. Luckily, you're not – the U.S. women's national team is not now – well, that game with Spain is still on. Um, but right we know the – we know the circumstances of surrounding the Spanish national team, which is also deeply unserious. Um, Andre, did you see that report that Vilda would make them have their doors open? Yeah. Until midnight, and then he would come in and close it. Yeah, yeah. Like that is professional besides, athletes using fucking children. It's ridiculous. I was like, besides being disrespectful and uh, overall lack of privacy, that's also just like fucking creepy. creepy. Yeah, right. Like that is just so creepy. Like I'm the one who closes. Oh God, yeah, I no. sh- shudder yeah. thinking about it. I'm sorry. Anyway, but getting back on track. Um, yeah, Ebony Salmon and Lauren James are just we look. We see what Ebony Salmon does in the NWSL. Okay, <laughs> what do you think is going to happen when you have players behind her that can just easily slide in a ball behind, break a line of press, slide her in behind, or if she just decides, hey, I know how to get around you, center backs, outside backs, and then just goes and does something on her own. Good golly, <laughs> I mean. We're going to be geeking here on the podcast because, oh yeah, melanated, of course. But let's hope they did their research. Let's hope Vlaco's learned some lessons. So, Andre, what are you heated about? Oh, Garrett Taylor, as per usual. Um, Yeah, Manchester City manager who shouldn't be Manchester City manager who's just no. He can stay. He can (laughs) stay. It's all good. So. My heat, it can also be like, like you said, we kind of like change what this means a little bit. Uh, Chelsea supporters during that game were hilarious. They chanted, Garrett Taylor, we want you to stay, which is just such a great troll. And, and I wonder just how did that man feel? And also, how did those players feel? That the opposing like team is chanting that they want your manager to stay because he knows he's not going to put y'all in position to win the game. That's a big yikes. But I saw a, a, a clip of a post-game uh, interview that he did after Manchester City uh, lost to Chelsea. Um, it was an open play goal scored by Fran Kirby. And then it was a penalty uh, that was won. There was a handball in the area uh, that the ref spotted and gave Chelsea a penalty. And that was the second goal. And he was talking about the handball rule. And this man is confused. He basically <laughs> said that the shot wasn't on target so he questioned why and how it could have been called a handball bro when has that ever been the rule what is wrong with you do you watch this sport you're coaching it i hope you do i don't understand i don't understand when i saw that i was like this has to be some sort of doctored video but i watched like a journalist posted it and tweeted it like a respectable and i was like yo excuse me sir what the hell are you talking about so yeah like just i want him like obviously as chelsea supporters say it's like my chelsea self oh sure yeah make him stay because like i think he's only beaten emma hayes's chelsea once i want to say the max like retreatment yeah yeah, right i'm like i i think the record's like 10 losses out of 11 or something like that it's it's a lot like he's he really struggles because he has a talented team but but also, like, he lost his whole ass midfield in one summer. Like, clearly something ain't good there. But folks are just like, eh. And then you give him Mary Fowler, Dana Castellanos. Like, I'm scared for these players. Bunny Shaw. Like, we know these are ballers. They just deserve better. So I'm, like, really mad that this dude and his level of confusion and weirdness is uh, is is coaching the level of talent that he doesn't deserve to coach. So that's what I'm heated about. 
Um, okay, switch gears. Courtney, let's let's end it. What you got? What you hyped about? Uh, Chelsea fans singing Gareth Taylor, you can stay <laughs> because that's energy I have, <laughs> especially when it deals with anything dealing with Juventus. Actually, in a lot of teams. Um, so yes, <laughs> no, but that's not actually my hyped. Um, my hyped is a game that was announced today: Tigres versus Bayern Munich in Monterrey, which, like, I'm so that's thrilled awesome. for this. Yeah, happening on January. 21st 2023 Bayern is going to Mexico like I am that's dope so too. excited them to come there that's really dope like I am so excited I tweeted who wants to take a trip to Monterey I'm not joking like I will 100% go back to Monterey like I had a great time when I was there anyway um and I'm just really excited for this because a we get closer to this is like one of the closest things we've had to a club world cup I know it's not a club world cup but look I don't remember the last time. Yeah, because it didn't happen during the the ICC. So it's like team from Mexico playing team from Europe. Um, and I'm just really, really excited about this because I'm excited to see the clash of styles. I'm excited to see friend of the pod, me official, just tear it up. Look, we look, we all remember. Come close, come close. We all remember what happened <laughs> between Jorian Balcom and Saki Kumagai. Okay. Wait, what? I said poor Saki. Oh. She got yeeted. Look, I'm just saying. We remember what happened, okay? <laughs> it could happen again. Look, I'm literally so excited. Um, I'm like I'm actually going to try to find a way to get to this game um, because I just I want to I enjoy things. Um, and also, I'm really excited for me official to ball out and then for us to be like, look, Vlaco, see, she can do it in Mexico. She can do it at the U.S. college level. And guess what? She can now also do it against... Well, they're not the reigning German champions, but two years ago German champions who have technically have an improved midfield. So, just just saying, just saying, gonna gonna sprinkle this right here for you, and hopefully you'll marinate on it, and then call her into camp. So, Andre, what are you hyped about? My hype is a bit of a, I guess, bittersweet, but it is it is a hype because I I just there's a politically. There's a lack of reason to have any hope just about any country you're in. Uh, there are a handful that seem to be doing okay uh, and, and doing things that actually like are, are um, important policies that, that are needed. Uh, but there's also a whole lot of fascism and hate out there that is codified in laws um, and popular and threatening and harmful and killing people, all of that. Uh, I know this is supposed to be hyped and it is. I'm getting there, I promise. Um I'm hyped about um, the Northern Virginia um, schools. There are kids in Northern Virginia schools who have uh, started to walk out of the school in protest of the new Republican idiot conservative governor, got young, uh, elected Governor Yunkin, um, his proposed restrictions on transgender students' rights. Um, they are protecting their school, uh, their classmates, and they're as people. They are smarter and more adjusted to human beings and human life and the complexities of life and being inclusive and what that means and how important it is than this grown ass man. And I love to see that. I am not one of those people that think children are going to save the world because I think there are children who are brought up in hate just as much as they're brought up uh, children that are brought up to do stuff like this. But I like seeing stuff like this because basically that means that the fight will not end. Um, it is very difficult to kind of live in this country and 
continue to go through this this shit. I wish that we could get to a point like some generation could get to a point where we aren't electing the very worst people possible. <laughs> it would be very nice if we could do that. But unfortunately, we haven't really come across a generation, at least not in my lifetime, that hasn't done that. So it, I'm I am I want that to happen, but I don't have a lot of faith that it will happen. But I like seeing this collective action. I think this is what this is important. I think kids showing um, showing solidarity in this manner is very important with their classmates, letting them know that some bullshit, you know, Republican senator or governor isn't going to be able to t- stop them from caring about their classmates the way that they should. We're talking basic rights, by the way. We're not talking about anything else. We're talking about basic rights. And so, yeah, I, I just I really appreciated that. You know, I grew up in Northern Virginia. Um, the the whole like the whole area is getting like it's just been flooded over the years with endless wars with so much like defense contractor money, military money, all of that. So as that's happened, a place that turned from red to, to bright blue is kind of changed to be in purple. Uh, in some ways, in some races, I don't know exactly what's going to happen in the future, but I, I grew up in the area and it's been, it hasn't, it's been less safe than it's been when I was growing up and that's unfortunate. So um, I like to see the fact that some kids are are taking this stance and doing this. I think it's really important um, that I saw that one of the schools was Hilton High School. That was the school we ended up playing in basketball and football at the school I went to. So like really close to home and just really appreciated seeing this. And it made me hype because I do really, really appreciate this sort of collective action because this is what it's going to take when you're fighting these sorts of systems and structures. Community comes first. And these kids seem to know that. Look, all I'm saying is you don't want to mess with Gen Z. We had an entire episode called Gen Z Bullies. (laughs) Okay, these kids are built different. And so shout out to the kids. Facts. Uh, I think we're done. I think we're done. All right, then. Uh, thanks y'all for listening and, uh, bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Diaspora United Podcast. Please subscribe and rate and review us anywhere you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at Diaspora United Pod. That's Diaspora U-T-D-P-O-D. And message us if there's anything you want us to talk about in our next podcast. See you next time.